My name is Tyler Holliday, and you're listening to The Chat, the show where I discuss a range of subjects, including hot topics from the media, instrumental music education, pop culture, drag, and much more. Please join me and my very special guest, Squirrel Friends, as we chat our way through the week. And make sure you like and subscribe to my channel and push that notification button to be notified immediately when I upload new content. What are you waiting for? We've got some chatting to do. Let's go. Welcome to the chat, the show hosted by yours truly, where I discuss a variety of topics. This week's extra special guest squirrel friend is my dear friend, Carla Roberts. We feature teaching and the struggle it takes to become a teacher. We will also chat about some requested contents from the viewers, so stick around. But first, let's get into some hot topics. Our first topic is about the booming sound that was heard around town. I'm talking about the woman arrested for arson in a fiery explosion after allegedly torching a Jeep. Now, I will say this video has been memed, dubbed, remixed, and remastered all over social media. But if you would like to see the original video, then check the description box and I will link it down below. Now let's just jump right into this. So a woman in Michigan is in jail after setting a Jeep on fire. Sydney Parm made the news for all the reasons except for any good. In this video, she is seen dousing a black Jeep with gasoline and setting it on fire. When the Jeep ignited in flames, she got a little more than she bargained for as the explosion set her flying back onto the ground. Now, let me just pause. The funniest part of this entire video was not just watching this lady in a hooded, you know, jacket walk up to a random car, pull out a gasoline tank, pour it in there then set it on fire, and then watch her get exploded back into the ground. The funniest part was watching her on all fours scurry away like nothing has happened. And then she's like, oh my God, I totally forgot all of my evidence. Like, I can't get caught. So then she goes back, grabs her stuff, and then leaves and makes a freaking speedy getaway on foot. This girl didn't even have a car. She's running away. Mind you, this is like 8 a.m. Like, this is not at the, you know waking hour of 2 a.m., 3 a.m. when everybody's asleep. No, this girl decided that I'm going to set this car on fire at when everybody got to be to work. The cops probably looking right at her while she's doing this. I have no idea what would prompt her to do this at this time. Like, it just, it made no sense. But the, the funniest part again was just watching her scurry away. You need to watch this video. I, I highly recommend everybody to go watch this video because that part just really, like, threw me over the edge altogether. But anyway, now, as for why she torched the Jeep, well, the owner of the vehicle, who was identified as Avery Stevens, says that he's got no idea. Stevens reportedly is not Parm's boyfriend, but he does know her. He has no idea what motivated her, what motivated her to torch the Jeep in the first place, and he's only owned this Jeep for a couple of months. Now, let me set the scene for you. Let's pretend like you went to school with some chick you know, you were a coworker, you went to church with her, you know, or you babysat her kid or house sat or plant sat or animal sat or something like that. 
And then you find out one day after you just bought this car, you didn't work so hard for that it was set on fire by this chick you knew seven years ago. What in the world would you think? I am floored to what her reasons. I'm curious to know as this kind of develops a little bit more into what the motive was. Because I'm sh- there has to be a motive, right? Like, am I the only one that thinks that, like, that's just crazy? That's bizarre? I mean, you know, a lot of things can cause people to go crazy and to do stuff. Of course, everybody's initial thought is, oh, this must be her boyfriend. But it's not even her boyfriend. So it's like, baby daddy, what's the what's the tea? heel child sport because i totally get that but setting his car on fire i don't know maybe that's just me what do you guys think about that i i'm just like that is a crazy thing and just to see it blowing up all over social media and turned into this thing is kind of fun like it's not funny i feel bad for avery like i'm with you avery i'm like dang but you know you can get your coins back she's in jail right now and she's actually in jail um on $20,000. So, unless she can come with that money, she could be sitting behind, behind right there in jail, too. I don't know. Anyway. Well, this week, we saw the end of another Drag Race season. We saw the crowning of Shea Coulee as the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5. Shea Coulee won a crown and a scepter along with a grand prize of $100,000. She also managed to rack up $30,000 for snatching two wins and defeating Lip Sync Assassins. Now, me personally, my thoughts on this season was, like I said last week, Shay was my pick to win before the season was even announced. Uh, when the cast got leaked last year, I was like, okay, she's the one that's going to probably go all the way. But then I saw like some other queens that were in there. And I'm like, well, it'll be a, a, a good competition. But like Shay was ultimately the person that I knew would be there. Um, I think as far as this season goes, some of my favorite queens, because I couldn't just pick one queen. I, I really couldn't. And it's hard to like choose just one queen. But I think some of my favorite queens from this season would obviously have to be Shea Coulee, number one, period, like point blank. That's no surprise. If you don't like Shea Coulee, I need for you to reevaluate your life because something is wrong. We need to we need to meditate. We need to go back. We need to do all something else again, because if you think there's something wrong with Shea, something's wrong with you. Just saying. I also love Jujubee. And I think, again, that's very similar to say, like, if you don't love Jujubee, like, something is wrong with you. How can you not like Jujubee? She's just such a lovable queen. And she's, like, a good TV personality. There have been some really, like, amazing queens that have come on this show that can turn looks and be funny, all that kind of stuff. But, like, there are just certain queens who just have that it personality. They are great TV personalities. Um, you know, the the queen that would just commentate, just be the narrator of the entire season. Like, uh, uh, B would be one of them. Uh, Shangela, y'all remember in season, All-Stars 3, she would commentate every, I would live just to hear the commentation for All-Stars 3. That's all it was, was just Shangela commentating everything. Katya, All-Stars 2, just, co- just commentate everything. And then, of course, Moni Cart, the commentator of season 10 and All-Stars 4, like, I want them to narrate my, all four of them, they can just take turns narrating my life. I just live for that. But yeah, Juju B is just one of those personalities and it's hard to dislike them. Um, and then I think one of my personal favorites this season was Mariah Paris Balenciaga. Now, she was one that I kind of wasn't expecting to really fall that in love with because back in season three, I watched her and I was like, okay, I like her on season three. But then I saw her on All Stars 5 and I'm like, ooh, Oh, she's kind of doing it. And I just live for her, like her energy, everything that she stands for. I just kind of live. 
I, I live. I live for everything she does. She was actually the elimination that I was kind of like hoping wouldn't happen so soon. I think she went a little too early for me. Um, I wasn't surprised because, girl, I saw the writing on the wall. They were not going to keep her. But I wanted to see more of her. I think she had a little bit more to give that we just didn't kind of see. Um, and then when it comes to runway, I don't think I could pick just one runway that I think I would deem as my as the best runway. Um, but I can give a top three, if that's okay with y'all. I'm gonna give a top three. So, uh, I think immediately what comes to mind first would be episode one, and it was when Shea Coulee came out in the love, the skin that you're in runway outfit. It was, it was very, like, Nubian goddess, uh, very ethnic, urban, for all my white folk, very African. I I live for everything about it. It was a sequined, like, cat suit, titties out. Every, oh, my God. It was everything. Like, I had goosebumps when she came. I, I, no. Oh, my goodness, no. When I watched this episode, I was all by myself. Now, usually, I watch it with friends or whatever, but, like, the first week, like, I just moved and I was home alone or whatever, and I'm sitting there watching, and I legit was about to throw my freaking remote through the television screen because I was, like, so gagged. It was so good. It was just so good. You need to go look at that if you haven't seen it. If you haven't watched this season, sorry about it. I'm spoiling all the good news for you, but those are the things that you need to go back and look. I think my second favorite look would have to be Blair's prom look. That runway was kind of a good runway just in general, but, like, well, no, actually. I, I'm trying to think. No, no, I didn't really like that runway that much. But Blair's look was absolutely incredible. Now, Blair kind of turned it as far as the runway go. I would deem her as the runway queen of the season, in my opinion. Although I will say she did miss the mark quite a few times as far as like meeting the category challenge. I don't think that she always met those requirements. Like the love of the skinny in, she decided to change her skin color to pink so it matched her out. But I, I don't know. So I don't think she necessarily met every single category, but she every look was really good. Very cohesive, very conceptual. I loved it. With this prom look, it was absolutely I was I just didn't expect that from her especially after seeing kind of the other queens and what they were kind of doing their take on it I was not expecting that at all and that's good drag when when you expect somebody to kind of go in this direction and then they take it in a completely different one but in a very polished and refined way I thought it was fantastic and then my my third and final look would be B's finale look ciao ciao now that was like, she came out and again, it was kind of very similar to when Shea Coulee came out the first episode. It was, I, I was completely floored when Juju came out. I didn't expect that from her at all. Now all season, Juju has turned out pretty feminine looks. I'm like, oh, she is a woman at the mall, da da da. But she came out and I was like, oh. She's not just a woman. She is the one. Ain't nobody stepping her. Like, when she came out, I was like, oh, she's won this season. And, 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 well, we know how that played out for her. But that look was absolutely breathtaking. I loved everything about it. i kind of interested to know what you guys thought. Did you guys like this season? I would love for you to sound off in the comment section on Instagram. So go on over there, find episode three, and put in some of your thoughts on this uh, past season of All Stars 5. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Our final topic is a tribute 
to the life of Congressman John Lewis. John Lewis was a powerful figure in the civil rights and was referred to as the conscious of Congress and has passed away due to a seven-month battle of pancreatic cancer. For those who are unfamiliar with John Lewis, he represented Georgia's 5th Congressional District for 17 terms. Lewis had been in Congress since 1987, but had had a lasting and long-inspiring impact on our American history as he marched shoulder-to-shoulder with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in fight for civil rights. In 1961, Mr. Lewis was part of a protest against segregated buses in the South, which became known as the Freedom Rides. He spoke at the landmark march on Washington in 1963, where Dr. King delivered his iconic I Have a Dream speech and marched for voting rights in Alabama in 1965. John was one of the protesters brutalized by cops during the march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. As he led hundreds of marchers across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, he was clubbed in the head by a state trooper, fracturing his skull and leaving him with a scar to carry for the rest of his life. His second to last tweet, back on July the 7th, commemorated his release from prison after being arrested during a Freedom Rides in Jackson, Mississippi. The arrest happened over 59 years ago. Let that sink in. John is a legend icon and humanitarian for people of color and for civil rights. Today we honor you, John. We respect you, we love you, and we hope that we can live a better tomorrow for people like you who have fought so hard and worked so diligently for people of color and for civil rights. We love and respect you. May he rest in power. We'll be back after this short break. This week, I would like to spotlight some topics that have been highly requested by viewers. Thank you so much for taking the time to send these topics in. And if you would like your topic heard and discussed, then head over to the chat on Instagram and send a message. You could also send me an email. You can send a letter in the mail. Put a note in a glass bottle and have it delivered to me by Dove like the olden days, like I'm an old princess Whatever you'd like, just head over to Instagram and you can find all the ways to get in contact with me. While you're over there, make sure that you follow and make sure that you click the link in the bio to find all the ways that you can listen to the chat. No matter what platform you use, make sure that you subscribe to be notified every time I upload. The chat is also available on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe to there as well. Our first topic is about cancel culture. And to help me discuss this, please join me in welcoming my special guest, Carla Roberts. Thank you so much, Ooh, yeah. Carla. Hey, me. Hi. How are you Good, today? how are you? How is quarantine treating you? Um, well, to be honest, I haven't really been quote unquote quarantining because I've had to go to work. But yes. um, I do spend most of my days at home. So, yeah. I mean... And you're, I did anyway before true. the quarantine, so not much of a difference. Yeah, and you're a teacher, so she's on the she's out there on the front line. Oh, man, y'all. What's yeah. it called? An essential worker. An essential worker. An essential worker. We are essentially doing the it, thing. It, for context, I'm a preschool teacher, so I have to be there. Exactly. I'm not a public school teacher. So. We all do the same thing at the end of the day. It, yes. Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, these are just some topics that have been 
like brought on by some viewers. I kind of just wanted to talk about cancer culture. I have my, I've like done some intensive research on this. So I like to think that I know a little bit about cancel culture just from the research that I did. What is your definition? If you could put a definition on cancel culture. Um, cancel culture is when somebody's opinions are completely just stripped from the internet. No one cares about them. Nobody wants to hear about them anymore because they've done so many controversial things. People are just done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically exactly what I was going to say in a nutshell. When I was doing my research, I just kind of stumbled upon, like, it might have been a definition, Miriam Dictionary, or something. I don't remember where I saw it. Some dictionary. I don't know where I saw it. But it basically refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support, um, a.k.a. canceling, um, support from public figures and or companies after they have done or said something considered... Uh, offensive, mainly displayed through social media as a form of group shaming. Um, and in doing my research, I also made sure that I want to kind of figure out, well, when did all of this come about? Because I know for us, we're the same age. Like, right. cancel culture has not been a thing when we were younger. No. And it's kind of a more recent thing. This came... I The first time I heard cancel culture was... I Actually, I think just last year when the whole Jeffree Star... Uh, James Charles thing yeah. started to go down and people were canceling James Charles. Right. Um, that's when I first heard the term. Yeah. It could have been around for longer than that, but I, yeah, honestly, I feel like it's been, it's like since I've graduated college, which was, that's none of y'all's business. That's when. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a way current events type of thing. So when I did my research, I saw that cancel like the origin i guess of cancel culture it's the idea of canceling which has taken place over recent years due to conversations prompted by the hashtag me too movement and other movements like that that demand greater accountability uh, from public figures there seems to be a performative aspect to canceling one that calls for the responsibility of these public figures if only for a moment to cancel someone publicly often requires broadcasting that act, which then makes them the target of one's canceling, a subject of attention. So basically, we need to bring forth whatever this is. Um, the objective behind this is not to really deny that attention, but to get them to change their ways. So in other words, it is a way to publicly have a public figure held accountable and responsible for their future behavior, so that way they don't do it again, but it's all done on social media. So, um, what are your thoughts on on cancel culture? Like, do you think it's even effective? Um, I don't think that it's effective to the point where they want it to be effective, because cancel culture would... assuming that it was doing what it was supposed to do, would just be completely take that person off the internet. Yeah. Um, but, you know... It's the internet. You can't tell people not to be right. there. Um, but I feel like some people get it way too harsh. Yeah. Like, I'm going to bring up James Charles again. Um, there was a lot of misinformation, a lot of things that we just didn't know about the situation at the time. And True. people were canceling him. I mean, he was 19 years old. Right. And I'm not excusing anything that he did or didn't do. Um but he was still 19 years old and there was a lot of hateful, hurtful things that cancel culture would deem okay. Right. But it's just, it went, if you're talking to just a person, you wouldn't say those things. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so I don't, I don't know. I think it can be effective towards, 
well, it's trying to be effective towards Jeffree Star at the moment. Yeah. But it seems like he just doesn't care. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think, a, I don't know. I'm, like, kind of torn, too, kind of like you. Like, I, I'm, like, it, it can be effective, but it's not always effective in the right moments. It just depends. Right. First of all, you know, this is all done through social media, just like you were saying. These people are... Now, I know for my experience with cancel culture, obviously I haven't been canceled or anything like that, but just seeing, like, public figures being canceled, like Jeffree Star or James Charles or whatever, we don't really know the full story. These are conversations that have had people... This is all hearsay. One person saying this, and then... We don't know what went on. Exactly. But the fans, their fans, go and attack the other people, yes. and then they cancel, and then it's just the back, a bunch just of... they so back. hurtful, like... For what? Exactly. I'm like, none of these people that say some of the things that they say on social media would ever say in real life. They're no. not really about it. No. Like, I know in Drag Race, because that's pretty much all I know. It's <laughs> all I talk about is freaking Drag Race. But I just sit there and I just like read some of the comments. And it's the cancel call. Not, well, I wouldn't say it's cancel culture. Has a drag queen been canceled? I wouldn't say, yes. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. If, if, if you've watched season 12, y'all know who I'm talking about. Oh, shit. Y'all know who I'm talking oh, about. I'm not going to say that. Okay. Well, I don't know. We'll oh, find out. Okay. <laughs> so, I know from that perspective, it was, it was essential to cancel them. It's how, it's how you go about canceling somebody. You can cancel somebody by not supporting them, right. period. Right. Canceling somebody does not mean that I I dislike, uh, uh, give me a person, uh, uh, let's say, uh. let's say James Charles, let's take that. Okay. Me canceling James Charles for me would be to not support him. I'm going to unsubscribe if I'm subscribed to him. Right. I'm not going to buy his products. I'm not going to endorse him. I'm not going to condone any of his features. Watch his videos. Yeah, that's, that's, that for me, that's what canceling would mean. But I feel like there's a difference between doing that and me doing that. Plus, oh, let me go on James Charles. Yeah, let me go on his. Let me go on his social media and tell him that he's a piece of you know what. Like, right, right, right. and then tell him that he's a worthless piece of. And I want to throw acid in your like. Really? It's not because necessary. I would never say that to his face. No, no I mean, I, I would say that because I really am about that. But as a general rule, that's yeah. not what you say to a person. A human. That's just not a he normal. He is a human being. And, and I think and that's it. Jeffree Star, as much as, yeah. as rich as he is and everything, as much as he wants to make himself out to be, he, at the end of the day, is still a exactly. person. Same with Shane Dawson. I know he's done a lot of right. things and that I don't agree with. I have withdrawn my subscription to his YouTube yeah. channel and I've unfollowed him from Twitter because I used to support him. Um, but now seeing everything that I've seen, and I'm just like, I don't know why I found that funny in the first place. Literally. Um, so, but I haven't gone on his social media to bash him. Exactly. Because and there's a difference. Because at the end of the day, he is a person. And with feelings and emotions, well, it's just how he handles yeah. it. Yeah. Also, first of all, it's it's public. Like, literally everyone knows. Right. He's already, like, he already knows that he's done for. Mm-hmm. Like, these people who are canceled, who get all this hate in all of this foolishness from the fans and from the public, they already feel like crap because they're done. They don't need extra people to tell them that they're, sh- you know what. Right, and like, I don't know, have you heard of Jenna Marbles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, 
I love her. I love her so much. Yeah, what but she like that? canceled herself. That's what I heard. And um, so she made these like blackface videos back uh, in. She didn't do it as blackface. She, oh, okay. She was trying to impersonate Nicki Minaj, so she like gave herself okay. a really dark spray tan. Gotcha. Um, and people, some people. Now the internet was not blowing up about this. This was not a thing. Yeah, because I don't even. Um, a, a few people should might have brought it to her attention that it looked like blackface mm-hmm. on her channel. And um, if you knew Jenna Marbles now, like, she does not do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've never... Anymore, like, she makes she makes videos about her dogs, and and she made her hair into a racetrack. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, she sprayed, she, like, took hairspray and, like, made it into, like, a Hot Wheels track, and she rolled a car down her hair. That is legit. That's, that's what she does. Um, But people brought up some of her old videos and then she came on herself and addressed these videos apologized said that this isn't her anymore i mean she was just genuinely sorry but like prior to that nobody was talking about these yeah no this was not blowing up but it was in within the same week that the shane dawson jeffree star okay thing started coming out okay and it's like she removed herself from the situation before it could become a situation okay but i i commend her for that because she's like jumping on top she's like hey y'all not gonna throw me under the butt i'm gonna beat you to it i'm sorry i'm i'll cancel myself because i know y'all gonna get me so and it's like it's like that's what cancel culture does it makes it made her scared yeah and she left the entire internet for like no reason. The same thing. I can. I'm glad you said. Th- I'm glad you said just that because the same thing. I know. I'm gonna talk about Drag Race again, but <laughs> the same is true. If you are a fan of this show, you know how like intense these first. You've seen earlier seasons yes, of Drag Race. I have watched, and they're they're not the nicest. Like no. they are. They're looking for trouble. Yeah, and that was okay back back in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. You could do that because. The social media wasn't that big that cancel culture was a right. thing. And now that you could slide with a lot more things. Exactly. Than you can now. Like they you can't if you even look at a queen wrong or say something about their shoe or whatever, everybody on the internet is is, is coming for them, canceling all like that. But you sit back there on season five when Alyssa calls somebody talentless, worthless, <laughs> called her garbage, like Oh gosh. <laughs> but no one canceled her. And I for me personally, like it's a reality show. That's what it's all about. That's what I live for is the drama. I wish that these queens nowadays weren't so scared because of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. So that's, for me, I'm like, it, this shouldn't be a thing. And it's not effective because we're not utilizing it the way it's supposed to be used. Right. If you want to cancel somebody, you should just, you know, like you said, unfollow, unsubscribe. Just don't pay them any attention. And then eventually, if enough people do that, then they have no audience. Agreed. And that's canceled. Period. Like, period, point blank. So, if you are listening and you are involved in participating in this negative way of cancel culture, stop. (laughs) Stop it. You're not helping anybody. You're not helping the cause. You're not doing anything productive. Just stop supporting them. It's as simple as that. It's easy as hitting an unfollow button. Exactly. So... Another topic from a viewer was on racism within the gay community. Now... Carla, you are none of either of those two I, things I, in this. You're not a racist, and you're not a part of the gay community. I'm not. <laughs> I'm an ally. Darn it. <laughs> well, I know for me, as a good old Christian Southern belle, I wouldn't know anything about the gay community. Nothing. I wouldn't know anything. I don't know why are you I, talking about that? I don't know her. I don't know her name. I don't know her. I ain't never been to her house. I don't know anything about her. But if I were 
I would say that racism just in general is embedded within our society. So it's kind of inevitable for it to also be in the gay community. Would you? Would you? Oh, yes. So I know that I've had my experiences as a black man in the gay community. So with just that being said, I know that the gay community itself is just not an not an all inclusive uh, community just in general. It's kind of like the black community. There's with even with the the Black Lives Matter movements, there are certain people that are you know, put to the forefront of all of these things. And that's with every community, with the black community, with the uh, gay community, with the American... There are just people who are kind of idolized and put on a pedestal as the token, whatever they are. And the same is true, I feel like, with the gay communities. Like, for starters, there's just like a stigma of no fats, no femmes, no gays, etc. Blah, 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 within the gay community, which is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You would think that the community that is still fighting for these basic rights would be a little bit more, more open-minded, right? But yes. here we are. Um, the only way to be gay, like in this community, is to three things. One, you got to be white. If you want to be gay, you got to be white. If you want to be gay, you also have to be masculine. If you are gay, you got to be in shape. You got to be muscular. You got to be fit. I didn't realize there was such a stigma. Yeah, it's, it is disgusting. Like there's a yeah a model of what you should be. And then if you're not. Well, I, let's again, I'm just like I was saying, like even when it comes to race, like obviously our token and I'm using air quotes race in America is white people. OK, even it, even now we're looking at just token white people. OK, well. There has to be a, a tier, a, 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 a tier based system because not just everybody's going to be great. You now it's like, OK, well, now let's just break the white people down and let's break them down. Well, who's at the top of the leaderboard? OK, a white male. Right. Mm-hmm. What's another great white thing? Having money. Money and being fit. And right. I mean, it's. I know that's not really that yeah. thing, but especially for women, you have to be skinny. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. I yep. mean... The same is exactly true with the gay community, which I just think is crazy. And especially with race, because I have had my time back when I was in college, when I was um, exploring my options when it comes to dating and all that kind of stuff. And I would be on the dating sites and the apps and the all of that kind of stuff. And in the <laughs> what literally kills me is I would be on a site or on an app, whatever, and would see someone's profile and the description would say something like, um, love coffee, super open-minded, love a man with a nice car, a great personality, a nice job. Make sure you, make sure you um, hit me up. I don't, it doesn't matter. Something, some, you know, something basically saying, you know, you got to have all these things. And if you got that, I'm open to anything. Yeah, and then it'll have like dot, dot, dot. Except, unless you're black, don't hit me up. And then I'm like, wait, what? what? Yeah. Like literally it would be stuff like that or how, oh my God. And it, which let me clarify. I totally get the whole, like you having a preference because there's a difference between preference and just being racist. Right. Because for me, there is a, there's a, I don't know. I just feel like it's okay for you to have a preference and say that, well, you know, 
I primarily only talk to this, like talk about me. Like my preference would obviously be if you look at my track record, the people that I have been romantically involved in, they've been of the Caucasian persuasion. <laughs> Does that mean I that doesn't mean you're racist? Exactly. That just means that's that's majority of who yes. I've been with. Now, if also if you know me, you know my iconic saying, I'm not down with the brown. Now, does that mean I'm racist? Absolutely not. Have I been romantic or intimately with a African American person? I have. Is that my go to person or a go to thing? No. I've been with plenty of different races. I've been with Asians, I've been with Spanish people, but my preference is of Caucasian. That's just a preference. So I can see if that's what they said. But when you specifically say, if you're black, don't hit me up. Because then that dismisses every single person. And what you're basically saying is that entire race is ugly and they don't have a chance at all. Mm-hmm. Because I know for me personally, like I said, I'm not down with the brown. Does that mean that there is no black person that I find attractive? No. There are plenty of gorgeous Black people. Yes. And that's the same with any race. So I just think it's crazy that that's even a thing. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Being an outsider, what is it? I feel like I can't weigh in on this. Um, But, oh gosh, Tyler. I don't know. I feel like it's the same. I don't want to say it's the same outside of the gay community. But I get what you're saying about, like, I've been on Tinder and I have seen guys that are just like, if you don't go fishing, if you don't like to go outdoors, if you don't like to go hiking, I mean, they're just, I mean, they're just eliminating exactly their choices and I don't understand why, I mean, and I have unfortunately seen like no Asians, no black people, no White people, I mean, I've seen it, <laughs> right, I've seen it right. for everybody. And it's not, and it's just, and it's not just and white people who are like that. And it's, just, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's just... The issue is that every, these people, there's so much closed-mindedness with people nowadays that, mm-hmm. you know, we won't even try something. Just give it a try. Yeah. I, and, gosh, it's like, it's like, how can you, it's like when you tell a kid, um... How can you say you don't like it if you've never tried it? Exactly. Like, I don't like this. Uh, I don't like this broccoli. Yeah, you've never it's like you it. don't know because I mean, how can you have to put it in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. You can't say you don't like something unless you put it in your mouth. So there you go. <laughs> I'm done. But no, seriously, oh, it's true though. It's true though. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, I think that's a good place to kind of end on that. (laughs) We'll be back after this short break. So today's episode features teaching and the struggle it takes to become teachers. So I think it's important for us to kind of know about myself and to know about my guests. Now, I know both of us are educators ourselves. I know that I teach high school band. What do you do, Carla? Uh, I'm a preschool teacher. I have a class of three-year-olds. I'm actually about to become a lead teacher um, from assistant to lead, so I'm super excited. Yes, yes. And just for the viewers to, to know, I have 
have, I can now say that I have taught at all three levels. I, my first teaching job was at the middle school level. And then last year I taught elementary level and now I'm at the high school level. So it's, I can say that I'm well diverse. I'm well-rounded when it comes to that. Um, I think it's important to the viewers to kind of know where I've started from, where you started from, and we'll kind of just go back and forth on where each of us have come from. So that way they can understand kind of the struggles because there was a lot of struggles. <laughs> trust, trust that. And and, and some, for some people, it's not that hard. And for some people, there isn't a struggle. But I know for myself and my guests, we can both say that we've had quite a bit of struggle. Yes, it's been a mountain climb. It is, and, and it's it's still not over. That's the no, funny thing is. we're not even up the mountain yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> So they're hanging on by the rope. Like, please, literally, literally, Jesus, take the be a fence, honey. So I know for me, I started. Um, I'll even take a little, a little detour back a little bit more. I know that I got into teaching. Um, like I knew I wanted to be a teacher when I was in high school. Um, uh, I would say junior year because I was good at band. And that's literally all I knew. I really didn't do anything outside of band. So I'm like, well, I need something that I could do. And I knew that I come from a very poor family. Um, so I knew that no matter where I went, I don't have the money to pay for this. So I, I, I said, <laughs> I said, no, literally, literally, I'm like, OK, well, now, Tyler, you going to choose something. That you going to think, because you only got four years, period. Like, if you don't get this degree in four years, you packing your bags <laughs> and you working at McDonald's. So I had, I personally, I had to do that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try this. And then I started um, college. I went to Winthrop University. Go Eagles. Ah, oh, talent. Oh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started college as a music ed major and... My freshman year was it was okay like I it it wasn't groundbreaking. I would say my greatest experience um as far as that and kind of what kept me kind of going was my experience getting to work with um one of the local high school band programs. I was completely uh invested in their band program and for me personally still to this day that is the best experience I have ever had in my entire existence like no joke everything about that program was fantastic and not everybody gets that opportunity no like no you, you got such a blessing with that it was it yeah but literally outside of that when it comes to the actual schooling that's when all hell kind of broke loose with mm -hmm. that it it was just crazy so for i know for us as if you want to be a teacher there's so many requirements there's so many tests all of this foolishness to kind of get, which I'm going to get into all of that because there's a lot that I can say about the, 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 the testing and all of these hurdles that we have to jump, you know, just to get this minimum pay, wait, minimum, minimum, minimally paid job. We'll get to that in a second. So, um, I know for me, freshman year was fine. Took all my classes. Da, 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 da. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me was Jenez. Did you like Jenez? No. I, I hate Jenez. I don't understand why we got to do like... it. Like... I'm sorry, but my, yeah, my degree was in theater. Why am I taking, I'm sorry. Why, like am, I ta why am I taking a math class yeah. for theater? Yeah, like I totally, and I get it. We went to, we we elected to go to liberal arts college. Now, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't go to any other school, but it, it's like, if y'all, if y'all know, if you've been to a, 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 I guess a regular college, that's not liberal arts. 
do y'all take Gen S or is that just us? Because if that's the case, then we done. Completely. We, 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 we did the wrong thing. We did that to ourselves. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they have like Gen S at other colleges too. So I don't know. But I just don't think it's necessary in my opinion. I don't. I feel like I get it's not going towards your major. You're not yeah. going to use it. It's just like more time wasted on what you could have been studying. Right, right. Why, why am I paying for something that I'm not going to use? Which kind of goes in line with some of the classes that I took for my, 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 my actual degree. Some of those classes I took and I can tell you right now, I have not used a lot of the materials that I've learned in college. Mm-hmm. Most of the things that I've used goes back to when I said I had my best experience working at this high school. That's I, I thoroughly would say that my college, I got my degree from that high school that I <laughs> worked with. That's what my degree was. And then on top of that. So anyway, so in order for you to actually, because you don't, when you start school as a, as a, as an educator, you don't just automatically get in you and just do in. it. No, no, you have to work for two years and you have to get into the college of ed. Okay, so my so and if you don't get into the college of ed, I mean you have to stay trying to get into the yeah, college of ed. Because if you don't get into college ed, you can't take any of these classes. If you can't take these classes, you can't graduate. And I'm like, okay, first of all, so me taking my SAT, ACT, that wasn't it good wasn't enough to get me enough. in. No, me giving you twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> that won't get me in either. <laughs> So you got to make me take these tests and all of this and uh, you I'm have to practice. Perfect. Exactly. And for me, I do not test well. If you don't test well in the comments, please, somebody agree. I know I do not test. I hate it. I think standardized tests. Test anxiety. Are, yes. I think it's the dumbest thing ever. It's not for everybody. You can be the smartest person on the planet, but if you don't test well, you don't test well. Can't judge a, what's that? You can't judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree. That part. That, yeah. That part. Like it makes no sense. I can tell you that I am a, I can't think of the word. You're a hands-on learner. Yeah. Yes. Like I don't, I'm not just memory. Cause there are some people who like to, I guess there's like mastery learners and then they're performance learner type things. Mm-hmm. And if you're a mastery person, you're like, just, I don't, I don't know. Somebody, somebody will tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe it was mastery. If you're mastery, you're learning that because you want to. It's like that intrinsic motivation. Like, you want to learn this because you want to use this and you want to da-da-da-da. And then there's the performative, like, assessors who literally learn this information just to take the test. Right. That was me. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to learn this just so I can pass <laughs> instead of all of that. And so it's hard to... Going to praxis, because that's like... I never took it. <sighs> You can't get in the College of Ed unless you've taken practice. The first oh, practice. Because there's more than there's more than one. There's practice not just one. one. And isn't practice too like yeah. more geared towards your Yeah, major? which is fine. But practice one is not not similar, not, you know, vaguely close to girl, it is the same thing as SAT ACT. Again, so me taking that before I came into college. It didn't matter. So now you're going to make me... Okay. But I think but I think if you scored high enough on there, you can opt out of it. Really? I, clearly, I barely made it in the first time. So now you're going to make me struggle <laughs> some more too. God. So I just... I, for me personally, I feel like there's just like a... There's so much of a hurdle and it that is perpetuating only certain people 
can do this. And it makes some people, you know, just, like, drop out of that major completely. Exactly. Because, like, if they don't get it the first or second time, they're like, well, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And don't you have to pay for prizes? Yeah. It costs yeah. $150. I mean, if you don't pass that the first time, so that's a one and done. Like, yeah. And oh, well. Gotta change my major. So, yeah. It's just crazy because the people that they're trying to deteriorate from... It's not always just the bad weeds that they're trying to get rid of. It's the ones who really do try hard and who really do want to do it, but they they just can not. I have a friend, uh, my roommate too. We both have a friend who was doing her master's and she couldn't pass the praxis too. And because she couldn't pass praxis too, she couldn't go into internship, which is the last thing that you do before you get your degree. And she was in her master's program, but because she couldn't do this, she couldn't go on internship, which means she couldn't get her master's degree. And I think that's the dumbest thing ever because clearly she knows what she's doing. She's already gotten a degree one time and she's been teaching too. I just think it's so stupid. And then once you get into the College of Ed, you have to take all of these classes, these ed classes, which for me personally, I don't use any of them. I, yeah, because... There's a difference between learning something in class and applying that. There's no application in college. I will say the one class that I'm really appreciative of that we had to take at Winthrop was HMXP. Thank you. It um it taught you how to... Which is a gen ed class for hey, those. Yes. It's a Winthrop only class. You don't yeah. get HMXP anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. Um, but like it teaches you... To, like you read a passage and you think sometimes it's pointless. Sometimes you don't know what you're reading or why you're reading it. But you it teaches you to pick apart... Um, and form an opinion, and then you have to sit there and you have to talk with other people about that. And, like, it's, like, kind of a debate class on the certain yeah. topic of... At least that's what my class turned Oh, uh, yeah, that's what mine was Definitely saying. a debate class. Um, that was the best class opinions. I've taken, too. That was... That was a great class. That I, was a really good one. I would retake that class to get a better understanding of it. Yeah. Because it was just... And my professor was wonderful. We needed Trump to take this class. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> No, I would agree. HMXP, honestly, I like CRTW. As hard as CRTW was. I was a terrible CRTW professor. I couldn't with that class. But, you know, it's like all about, which, out of it. For, for the viewers, CRTW is critically reading, thinking, and writing. Yes. That's what it stands for. And that's exactly what a well-rounded human needs to be. They need to have that human experience, which is HMXP, and then you need to be able to think critically for yourself. So those are the things that I really enjoy. What are some... What are some oh, wait. Hold on. What's, what's that it? You know what? If I miss something, I'll jump back in later. <laughs> what, what, where have you come from, Carla? Um. Well, I come from Charleston. No. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> no. Um, I... Well, I met Tyler at Winthrop. We went together. Um... And I was originally a theater education major, which means I was taking theater classes and education classes. Mm-hmm. It was like a double major, in, but in the same major. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to, I chose Winthrop because it was the only class in the state of South, I mean, the only college in the state of South Carolina that even offered that as really? a major. Yes, the only one. I never knew that. That's the only reason why I applied to Winthrop. That makes sense. I mean, I liked Winthrop. My um, my chorus teacher from high school went to Winthrop, so like I knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it is the only the only college that offered that as a major. Interesting. So it was like if I didn't get into Winthrop, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You change your major. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I got in by the skin of my teeth, um, and I mean, I feel like I feel like I was so 
eager to leave home that my first year in college I didn't pay attention as much as I wanted as much as I should have I mean I did my work but I didn't oh, I didn't study for 12 hours for my mm-hmm. psychology test and then I'd get a C and I'd be like oh well I'll just do better next time and it's just yep. like no that C that first C that I got just downhilled me for mm-hmm. the entire class and I didn't realize that that's what was happening so when my GPA sucked at the end of the first year, I went into my sophomore year retaking a bunch of classes, which brought my GPA back up, and I was doing better, but unfortunately, I was, I had to keep, what, a 3.0 for the life scholarship? Yeah. I was at a 2.97. Yeah. So I lost my life scholarship, and that's why I couldn't return to Winthrop. Um, so, but anyways, I ended up moving in with you, with Tyler, and a couple of our other friends, um, still close friends to this day, by the way. Um, and I knew that I was going to school to be a teacher. And when I do go back to school, it will still be for teaching. So mm-hmm. I wanted to do something that with kids that didn't require a degree. So it was just like, well, daycare. And for the past two summers, when I went home, I was a camp counselor. So I was already working with, I already had experience with kids. So I figured a daycare would be like a no brainer. Which I love that both of us, the bulk of our experiences has not been with college. It's been actual (laughs) hands-on application. Her with daycare, me with this high school group. That's how I learned. I can't do anything on paper. I'm useless on paper. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy that we have to go through all these hurdles to prove that we're good enough to get this degree when clearly we're doing the thing. We're applying we're all of this stuff. Doing it. Exactly. Um, but, you know, some people are just like, well, if you don't have the piece of paper, you know, you're worthless. It's nothing to me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I was in a daycare for two, a little over two years. Um, and I thought I was like, doing real teaching well not real teaching but i mean it was preschool yeah um little ones infants to four-year-olds that sort of thing um but it was a daycare and like there's a difference between daycare and preschool and i'll get into that later (laughs) (laughs) um but now i am at a what they call themselves a preschool and i really agree with that because we have curriculum we have lesson plans we have things that they have to know or well they don't have to because again they're two and three but mm-hmm. things that we're striving to get them to know before we move them up to the next classroom and and essentially in the four-year-old classroom when they get there they're preparing them for kindergarten and there are a lot of kids that go to our school they know a lot of things that kindergarten's going to that it's ready to teach them that they already know so it's just like they are 10 steps ahead which is fantastic that's great yes it's wonderful so um so that's where i am and it it was a struggle because i mean it's hard to see your friends get their degrees yeah. and walk across that stage and go to their graduations yep. when you're supposed to be up there too. Yep. And I mean, I spent a lot of time crying about it, but like at the end of the day, with crying isn't going to help me Come on. in any situation. She preaching so, up there today. So I had to gather myself together, realize yeah. that I did this to myself. Oh. I I didn't pay I didn't put in the enough enough work while I was in college to keep my scholarships to keep going on because I was doing it by my 
myself. I didn't have anybody paying for me. Yep. Just like you. Yep. It was yep. either I do this or I don't. Yep. And unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't. Um, but with my new position and my new lead position, as soon as I'm done paying Winthrop what they want, <laughs> I'm almost there. Exactly. Um, they're going to help me go back to school. Which is fantastic. So, like, I mean, I'll be on, uh, I mean, I can apply for a certain scholarship that I've already been on already to take one class. I took a class at a technical college while I was in Rock Hill. I, w- I went to York Tech and I took ECD, um, Early Childhood Education 101. Um, and then, but see, to take the second course, you have to be able to apply for financial aid. And I can't do that yeah. until I pay off. Yeah. Winthrop. Yeah. Winthrop. So, I mean, it's a steady uphill climb. <laughs> But but we're getting getting, there. But I'm getting there. Exactly. And I think what what really intrigues me about your story is how we've come from very similar backgrounds and our kind of mindset with that is very similar. And our paths ended in a different way. It did. From that perspective. Now, what I will say is what I respect so much about you is your willingness to never give up. And, and, and it's not just her. I have a very close friend of mine who is in a very similar situation where she kind of got off course and then, you know, life just happens. Happened. Life literally just happens. And you ha- literally have two options. You can say, I'm done. Or you can say, no, I have worked way too hard and I'm not stopping. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I will say about you and I will say about my good friend, too, that I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking I know you listening. <laughs> I'm talking about both of y'all. I really do respect it because it's hard for, you know, it's hard just in general to watch a friend not succeed along with you. Right. And it's, especially when we started at the same, the same time place. And, and we were at the same like... place. Yep. That's what... And I, I'm motioning with my hands. Yes. Like two different, like a fork in the road. Like right. You went, and neither one of them is the correct way. Correct. Right. Um, it's just how we exist. But we I just there. think, I, I think your story is more of a testimony than my story because I well, worked hard and I just kind of, it, I'm not going to say I, I had say an easier that. way, but I worked, well, I feel like there are more people who can relate to people like you who might have done because i truly believe that we all have we all have but choices hard yeah what you do yeah what but i'm not no i'm not i'm not dismissing me yeah. i'm 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 more praising you oh. because everybody <laughs> we all have choices and with those choices they come with consequences for me i had to live with the consequences of whatever mistakes i made those mistakes didn't cost me like any extra time as far as staying in school, it just cost me a lot more money because there's plenty of it. For you, it cost you having to, basically having to watch all of your other friends do these things that you want to do too. And still pay out money. And I'm still, still paying right, out money. <laughs> right. So I think for our viewers who might be experiencing or, or will be going into college experiencing something similar to this to know that you... you just because you're not in that ideal place, just because you mess up doesn't mean you should give up. Exactly. It's not the end. It's not. It's about finding your own path. Find things that you are good at. Like us, both of us, we neither of us, well, I'm not going to say neither of us, but I know for me, I didn't fully excel as far as the college goes. I passed all my classes, I got my dean's list, and I was good to go. I was like, I'm fine with that. But 
the bulk of my experience, what I take from that was not from actual college. It was me going out and finding these experiences. Yes. Like my high school one. And yeah. God helps those who help themselves. Come on. And if you are just sitting there crying about it. Yeah. He can't do anything for you. Yep. You have got to go out and look for your opportunities. You have to go and make something of yourself. And then he will come and bless you with yes. all of these wonderful opportunities. Like, like my job told me when I was hired that you don't get a lead position without a degree. You don't. That's just, just how it is. Yep. Because they're that professional mm-hmm. and they want the person who's leading the class to know what they are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they came to me with that, I mean, <laughs> I'm getting emotional here. When they came to me with that, I was just like floored. I was like, but I don't, I don't have any grace. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we know, we think you can do it. And I mean, they, they reiterated that they want me to go back to school. Mm-hmm. They want me to get my degree, but it's not going to keep me from doing what they think I can do. Yeah. And that was just such a blessing because that's what everything has told me before. Like, it negates everything that has told me before that you can't do it. Exactly. Unless you've got this paper. Exactly. And they have told me, well, yes, you can. And that's, You still have to get it, but... That shows you that God is in control. Yes. Like, you, we cannot that do anything. That was the ultimate blessing. I think, that, I think what you said really struck with me was you can't just sit around and do nothing. It's okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, that it is okay for you to be upset. Yes. It is okay for you to cry because there are, there are still, t- oh my gosh, you can ask Joe how many days, weeks, months, you, it's taken me two years to finally get to where I think that I want to be as far as my career goes. I've worked my behind off. I have worked, 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 worked. And for so long, I've just been watching, kind of just like you were saying, I'm watching people who are my age doing what they love. Right. While I'm sitting here, work just as hard, and I've got the same degree as some of my friends, but they're getting better opportunities other than me. So it's like a jealousy thing. So, of course, I was pissed as all get out, but did that stop me? No. Did I say I was going to quit and I was going to give up? Absolutely. I said it plenty of times. But did I actually do that? No. No, because, because you knew you had to keep going. I knew I have no choice. It was either that or I, I mean, don't get to I mean, we don't have anything else to go back to. I mean, some people can say, oh, I quit. I'm going to go move yeah. in with my mom. Exactly. I can't do that. Exactly. We can't do that. I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing this whole life thing by myself, and so are you. Yeah. And we don't have a choice. Exactly. It's, it, the choice has been made for you us. You know, the I, my favorite quote, I, it's, I put it on, it's my Instagram, like my actual Instagram uh, like caption, whatever it's, you, mit, you miss or oh god, no, nah, I, I miss I even, all of the, the shots, shots that you, you don't, don't take. take. Yeah, you miss one hundred percent of the shots that you do there not take. That's it. It really is like that. If you don't take those shots, you are guaranteed to fail. But if right. you try, there's a chance that you're gonna succeed. There's a chance you're gonna fail. Right. But you got to take it. I take every day. Well, because if you don't, then you really don't have a chance. Exactly. Like, you you know for a fact that, it, yeah. So, what there there's just the stigma, I feel like, within the, just the teacher realm in general. You were kind of talking about how you taught at a daycare, and now you're teaching at a, like, what's the, what's the, what's okay. the difference? Is so, there a difference? I, okay, well, between a daycare and a preschool, my experience is, I, I mean, it's not, it's not a huge difference. But the daycares more are just concerned about 
keeping the kids alive at the end of the day. Okay. <laughs> <And> returning them <laughs> to returning them to Keep their the parents. <laughs> returning them to their parents. They did not this, dead. They did this artwork and right. That's, that's it. Um, uh, in my experience with this preschool that I'm at, I mean, in the classroom that I'm in, we're teaching them to write their names. We're teaching them their letters, their numbers, their, we're teaching them what a pattern is, just like, and we're, and along with that, we're also teaching them, you know, like, social skills, like, how to talk to a friend, like, mm-hmm. um, like, if you hit them, like, it's not just go, go to time out, because then they don't learn from that. Right, right. They don't know what they did wrong. You're teaching them their, their basic So we skills. make them talk to each other, like, yeah. do you see his face? Yeah. He is crying, he, that upset him, you need to talk to your friend about why you were upset, why were you angry? Because, mm-hmm. His feelings are valid, too. Yep. But it's just about handling it. Because if an adult comes up and slaps another adult in the face, <laughs> it's going to be a fight! <laughs> I'm sitting there, world star! <laughs> so, I mean, we're also teaching social skills. We're yeah. also teaching... We're teaching the things that are super hard to teach and nobody... They're the things that we see in our society now that we are disgusted by. Like, when it comes to Trump. Um... <laughs> There's no social skills. He lost that a long time ago. He needs to go back to preschool. He needs to do that again. Um, but yes, I mean, we, and then the whole thing with, you know, a preschool teacher is not a public school teacher. No, we're not. We're not. I mean, half the day they are playing in centers. But within those centers, they're also learning how to share. But it's still how important. To, how to use their imagination. How to talk to their friends. I mean, it's just... it. I mean, when you walk in there, it looks like they're playing, but the learning is happening. Yeah. And, and at circle time, I mean, I know it's repetitive, like the calendar and the weather and all that stuff, but I mean, it's, it's all important. I think you have a degree, they have a degree, we have a degree. We're all the same. It is. Like, I mean, teaching is happening. I mean, because learning we can say, is happening. right. We can say the same thing about elementary and middle school or high school. Well, those look completely different, but they're still considered, te- like, mm-hmm. yeah. We're all the same at the end of the day. I agree. Just like in racism. Come on, you better segue. All the same at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously. Well, I think that is all the time that we have for uh, today's Tyler, episode. thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey. And thank you, the listeners, for joining me. Make sure that you join me next week as I chat my way through the week. And until next time, bye. Bye.